Now, I don't normally start an episode this way, especially the first one of 2023, but I want to give my thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Uh, what happened on Monday night was a complete freak freak accident, and it was scary to watch, and I've been thinking about him and praying that he's going to be okay. Um, I've been thinking about the Bills players, the organization, the coaches, uh, seeing their reaction on the field. Um, not only have we as fans never seen that before, but these players that are so up close in the emotions and everything in the game, uh, have they never seen it before? And you could see it on the faces of Stephon Diggs, Tredavious White, Josh Allen. It was really hard to watch, um, and super scary to watch. And, uh, the medical team seemed to have done a fantastic job. So scary. They had to give CPR on the field. The ESPN crew did an amazing job, uh, covering it and, and focusing on what really matters because once that happened, the storyline of number one seed in the AFC, two great quarterbacks, it didn't matter. Once he went down, football did not matter. And it still really does not matter. Uh, all that matters is the life, uh, of DeMar Hamlin and his health and his safety. And, um, I know him and his family are going to stay strong throughout all of this. Uh, and I just wanted to start the episode by, uh, by, saying my piece on it because it definitely hit me pretty hard um, as a fan seeing that happen for the first time. Um, But again, thoughts and prayers go to DeMar Hamlin. Um, Thoughts also go to T. Higgins because I know how he could be feeling. And for some reason, people have been blaming him. It's absolutely not his fault. Um, I hope T. Higgins is, is dealing with it well as well because that is... Uh, that's he was the one who did make the hit um and lastly it's, it's incredible what has been ha- happening to uh his fundraising um over six million dollars as of as of today january 5th and it's going to keep going i think it's at 6.6 but he seems like an incredible person i really hope he can get healthy again football doesn't matter right now um it's about his life and it really shows how um, much these players sacrifice but yeah i hope he's going to be okay um, without further ado, I am going to get into an episode, going to be talking some UNC basketball. Uh, so yeah, going to cut to that. No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to the first episode of 2023. Hope everyone had a happy holidays and a happy new year. Um, today we're going to be talking UNC basketball versus Wake Forest. Big win last night in the Dean Dome. I'm back here in Chapel Hill. Obviously took a couple weeks off for the holidays. Where have I been? You might ask, I actually was able to go to London and Amsterdam with my family, had a fantastic time, especially Amsterdam, really, really cool city. Uh, The food there is great, a lot of cool sights uh, to see in both locations, Um, most notably seeing Hamilton in London, all all my Hamilton watchers out there. uh, You definitely know how, definitely know what I mean, uh, because it was phenomenal, but we're going to be talking some sports, finally, in 2023. Uh... I was at this game last night, very good game, one of the most fun games of the season, I think the atmosphere is great, the fans were getting into it, uh, and getting revenge on a Wake Forest team that beat us by 20 to 30 points in Winston-Salem last year, let's hop into the recap, um, it was RJ Davis, he led the way for the Tar Heels in the 88 to 79 victory, he had 27 points, 9 of 14 from the field, made 5 three-pointers, Four rebounds, four assists, three steals. R.J. Davis was phenomenal. The best player on the court, but he was not alone. Armando Baycott, 21 points, nine rebounds, five assists, 
Two steals, a block. I mean, he stuffed the statue. Baycott was a huge presence inside. But the two players who had career nights, and they're the reasons UNC won this game 100%. Obviously, RJ and Baycott were fantastic. But without the help of Leaky Black and Seth Trimble, UNC might not escape the Dean Dome with a win. 18 points for Leaky Black, 14 in the first half. Hit three threes in the first half. Uh, and that's a career high in points. Uh, 18 for Leaky Blast. Seth Trimble made all four of his shots for 11 points in 22 minutes off the bench. He was so good defensively. He had two blocks, and we'll get to both of these guys later, but Seth Trimble, a huge spark plug off the bench uh, for Wake Forest. Uh, Monsanto had 17 points. Andrew Carr, 16. Appleby had 16. Um who looked really impressive, but only shot 5 of 15 from the field. Davian Williamson with 12. So four players for the Demon Deacons in double figures, but that was not enough. To, uh, and the Tar Heels uh, take this one. Definitely have some key takeaways from this. Obviously, the Heels improved to 10-5. and 2-2 two and two in conference play. I was not able to watch the pick game being overseas, uh, but I did watch the Ohio State and Michigan game. Uh, and I think a huge takeaway from, from all of those games especially the, the ones I was able to watch, Ohio State, Michigan, to talk about that briefly. The biggest thing I took away is that this team and offense has to revolve around Armando Baycott. Uh, and I think it did a, a good amount last night. Um, he dominated Hunter Dickinson in that matchup. He's obviously a rebounding machine. And he I think he was, was fantastic yesterday. He got going in the post. Um, and I think his bag, although is limited, has increased a lot in terms of post moves he can do, finishing with the left, finishing with the right. Um, and when Baycott has the ball in the post, good things happen. Everything has to run through Armando Baycott. I think at times the high ball screen at the top of the key can get a little one-dimensional, but when Baycott gets the ball inside and you play that inside-out game, you get open looks from three-point range. And when we saw last night, five assists, really, really good all-around game from Baycott, um, but we're, we're used to that. We're used to Baycott putting up 20 points and around 10 rebounds a game. This is nothing new uh, for the fourth-year big man. Uh, first key takeaway from this game, this was one of the best overall games I've seen Leaky Black play. I'm so big on Leaky being aggressive, looking to score, and he did that last night. I mean, he shot those three-pointers without hesitation. I think one of the shots that took me by the most surprise, was actually one that he missed. He was kind of drifting to the corner and immediately catch and shoot three, kind of fading to the left, which is like technically not a good shot because you're off balanced, and he ended up missing it. But I actually liked it because he wasn't hesitant, he was decisive, and he was looking to shoot the basketball. And because of that, he made three threes, he had some really nice takes inside with uh he had a couple and one opportunities in that first half uh he was he was strong with the ball for for the most part of the game I mean he took eight shots made six of them I mean that's exactly what you're looking for uh, along with his defensive prowess with three steals uh doing a really nice job on on whoever he was guarding whether um if whether it was uh Andrew Carr down low in that uh in that big uh, in that kind of three guard lineup that I'm definitely going to talk about in a bit, but super happy for Leaky scoring a career high. But this is the Leaky I know uh, he's capable of. He's so athletic and he's so strong. And once he makes a couple shots and he gets in rhythm, 
He can put up 10 points a game. I feel like I've said this before, but I want Leakey to do this almost every game. Look to shoot. Um, and he did that. And without him, we would have been down by a lot more in that first half, I think, with the players that were struggling. Um, second key takeaway, Seth Trimble needs to play 20-plus minutes every game from here on out. He's too good defensively to leave on the bench, especially when this team can struggle on that end. Caleb Love, much better game defensively last night, but still, uh, him and RJ are not the best defenders. Seth did a great job on Tyree Appleby. Again, only held him to 5 of 15 scoring, and a couple of those shots he wasn't even in He wasn't in for. It's just those uh, the three-point inbounds plays, which is a really well-designed play for Wake. Um Appleby was relatively ineffective when Seth Trimble was on him. He, he gets low defensively. Um, gosh, he provides such an amazing spark off the bench. And then when he can score, um, I mean, like the little fadeaways in the post, uh, I mean, getting to the getting to the rack, getting to the free throw line, getting offensive rebounds. I love Seth Trimble, and I love what he brings to the team. He's selfless. He takes care of the basketball, and he knows his strengths. In weaknesses, he still can, can score in creative ways. He doesn't have to hoist up threes to score. Seth Trimble easily has to be the first guy off the bench. And you know what? Hubert Davis has caught some slack. Credit to him for finding the lineup that worked last night with Pete Nance getting injured. If you didn't know, he had lower back soreness early in the game. He only played two minutes, had to come out early. We tried Jalen Washington. Picked up three very quick fouls. Wasn't working. Justin McCoy played 17 minutes. Actually played a really good game defensively. I like what I saw from McCoy. But offensively, he's a relative non-factor. And that's a problem. Seth Trimble. Not only does he play good defense on the other team's best guard. But he can score. He can get to the line. And he's aggressive. And he's smart. Even trotted out DeMarco Dunn a bit. It didn't work. So Hubert Davis figured out that the three-guard lineup with Trimble... With R.J. Davis, with Caleb Love, that is the lineup that was going to beat Wake last night. And it was a fantastic call from a lineup and coaching standpoint. I know he's just a freshman, but he clearly can be trusted in the big moments, the charges he takes. I mean, I love the way Seth Trimble plays basketball. And every UNC fan, I think, does as well. And that just shows, last night should have shown to Hubert Davis, that this guy can be counted on. I even thought that Caleb should have been yanked after how poorly he was shooting the basketball and the, and the type of shots he was taking and just roll Seth and RJ out there, which leads me to my next point. Caleb Love, gotta be one of the most polarizing players I have ever seen in any sport. 3 of 15 last night for 7 points, 1 of 7 from 3 with 4 turnovers all very early in the first half. I mean... This guy's low lows are so low that it, it it hurts the team. There was a possession where he went down and chucked up a three that was not a great shot and then proceeded to not get back and Monsanto made a three the other way, a six-point swing. You can't have that. Caleb when he's on is one of the most electric college basketball players this year. And we've all seen it. We saw it against UCLA, saw it against Duke in the tournament. But when he is not shooting the ball effectively, you need to do two things. One, you need to get to the rack. You have such a good quick first step, you need to stop shooting these step back threes that are low percentage shots and they're hard to make when you're off. You know a good way to get back into a rhythm? 
get to the free throw line, get a couple free shots, non-contested, work on, get the form right, get into a rhythm, and you do that by getting to the rim. I wish he would drive a bit more, but more importantly, he needs to learn when to take a back seat when he's not shooting well, and players are shooting the ball well. He's got to let those guys take charge, and he definitely did that towards the end of the game yesterday when RJ was on fire. Caleb Love gave him the keys, and Hubert Davis gave RJ Davis the keys, and it paid dividends. You got to let the guys who are shooting the ball well, you got to let them, you got to let them run the game. I mean, Leaky and RJ were eight of 13 from three point range. The rest of the team made one, three. Got to put the ball in, in the guy's hands. Who's, who's shooting well. And Caleb's just going to have to figure out how to get out of funks in game. And I mean, body language at points weren't great yesterday. Uh, so he's currently not playing fantastic, but if we know anything about Caleb love, he can easily go for 20 to the next game and shoot the ball. Well, one of the best players in college basketball when he's on, the problem is he's not always on. And that's, that's a problem for UNC. Didn't cost us yesterday. But I think Hubert should start thinking about giving this guy a break. Playing through it isn't helping that much. Give Seth Trimble more minutes. Get him experience helping run the offense. And I, I think that'll help not only UNC, but Caleb individually in the long run. Because he's too talented to be shooting 3 of 15 from the field. And then the last takeaway I had... And I, I kind of go through every player almost, but this is just really what I thought of the game. R.J. Davis is our best guard. I, I know people have probably been thinking that, but this reiterates it. R.J. Davis needs to be the primary ball handler every single possession. The formula last year that worked was R.J. was point guard and Caleb was the shooting guard, scoring R.J., dishing out the ball, making good passes. RJ has better vision. He's a better ball handler. He takes care of the ball better. He's not as careless. When is Hubert Davis going to realize this? Caleb Love is not a polished point guard. But RJ Davis is. I don't care about height. I don't care he's six foot. RJ Davis is a phenomenal basketball player. He's actually better than Caleb, skill-wise. He can shoot a mid-range. He can make really good threes balanced shots even if he's stepping back he's not fading away he's got a great shot he can get to the rim he's a good rebounder too and again his passing vision is really really good and he gets other players involved because of that rj's our best best guard and obviously armando is our best player but rj's the most important player as well i think because when he gets going offensively when he's taking shots I think he only had like five or seven points in the first half and had 20 plus in the second half or just got to shoot the ball more and he does a good job of when he's off he takes a backseat but he recognized that he was hot from from beyond the arc making shots getting open shots too and he fired away and it paid off great job by RJ Davis and Baycott really for for focusing on RJ getting good looks um because that second half was really, really good yesterday. Uh, we went on a, a little run to, to get us an 8-9 to nine point lead. And, and we were able to maintain it. And it, it's mainly because of R.J. Davis. Again, 5 of 8 from 3-point range. 27 points. 4 assists, 4 rebounds. The man did it all. Um, so yeah, R.J. Davis has to play point. 
always in every single game because that is when UNC is at their best. Overall, fun game. Great to be back in Chapel Hill. Nice to get, again, revenge on Wake Forest. The next game is this Saturday against Notre Dame, who has given us some trouble in the past. Thankfully, no Blake Wesley this time, but there's a new top recruit that is going to come in to the Dean Dome to try and wreak some havoc. His name is J.J. Starling, five-star recruit. Keep an eye out for him. They still got Dane Goodwin, still got Nate Leshevsky. They're not really playing that well as a team right now. Uh, I think the record, they might be like eight and seven. Got to fact check this real quick. Live fact checks. We love we love that in, in 125 unfiltered. They are 14th uh, in the Atlantic Coast. Come on. Give me. There we go. Eight and seven. Oh, and four in conference play for Notre Dame. Um, so even though it on paper might look like an easy matchup, no, it is not. This team consistently plays well against UNC Lashevsky. Who knows? Maybe he might go for six or seven threes again, but I actually don't have tickets for this game. I'll try and be there. I'll watch it either way. Get you an episode on that. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it today for 125 Unfiltered. Coming up, I'm going to try and find a way to have a consistent schedule. Again, might switch up some things uh, with obviously new classes, new times they're at. Um, but we're going to be talking NFL a lot more. The New York Giants are in the playoffs. You already know I'm pumped about that. Going to be talking a lot of playoff football uh, along with keeping up with UNC basketball. Uh, because I, I really had fun getting back on the podcast, fun talking about this one. Um, but yeah, I know I've been rambling the past couple of minutes, but thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.